Sports Beat Extra. Beats 102-103. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford. There's more issues than the travel. I said I just can't do it. Games go on and you don't get a goal. Start to have little questions in the back of your mind. Welcome back to the latest edition this Halloween evening, Saturday the 31st of October. We'll be talking to two Southeast men looking to avoid a nightmare championship and another who's owned Jack-O-Lantern to put a bright note on a ghoulish season. So now with all of the Halloween puns out of the way, I promise, let's crack on with the show. This week we hear from a man whose season ended on a bright note. I think he should be playing a higher level yeah. and I wouldn't begrudge him going on but I'd be confident he'd be coming back if I'm being honest with you. This month's club focus spotlight is on Waterford City Rugby Football Club and with the All-Ireland Champions hitting full stride this spooky season we have Carlo Football Manager Niall Breslin and their Leinster football first round game against Offaly tomorrow. So we will be a small bit disjointed there's no point saying we won't we won't be perfect on Sunday but we're not going to use that as an excuse either. But first we hear from Tipperary's Park Maher speaking to Oshin Langan head of the reigning All-Ireland Champions' Munster Hurling semi final against Limerick tomorrow. He was on hand to launch a landmark partnership between the GEA and Dublin-based company The Marketing Hub, which will see The Marketing Hub become the GEA's first licensed leisureware supplier through their website, ganzi.ie. First, the Thurlis Sarsfields club band talked about life under lockdown. Sports Beat Extra. Beat 102-103. I think that's where the club kind of came in very handy is in regards to kind of got us back into the swing of things and got us used to the routine of of, as you said, uh, facing all the protocols we have to face uh, every day going to training, you know. So, um, you know, obviously turning up to train and togged out, getting our temperature checked, wearing our mask where we have to wear our mask, um, you know, sanitising the hands and social distancing when we can social distancing away from the field. So I think the club set up kind of had everyone, you know, teed up for that. And then uh, the lads, I suppose, inside in training, then we tip just brought on another level and you know everything's been top class and you know thank God, thankfully we've been we've been going smoothly enough so far so um look you don't know what's around the corner you don't know what's facing the next day when training or the next week um, but all we can do is look after ourselves and each other as best we can and and see where it takes us is that the key thing Paulie, to enjoy each training session to enjoy each match because there's a lot of uncertainty out there and at the moment we think there will be championship and we hope there will be championship but things could change so is it a matter of kind of enjoying the moments rather than enjoying the whole thing at the moment because you don't know if the whole thing can happen yeah you know exactly and that's, and that's what we've, we've been always we've been always taught uh, the last number of years you know um, you, you take it moment by moment and game by game and that's no more adapt to now like you know because look you can only face into what you have coming up either this weekend or for us it's next weekend it's Sunday week uh, where we play once the semi-finals so that's all we can concentrate on because as I said we don't know what's coming around the corner, so um, we just want to get ourselves into the best possible shape, physically and mentally, for that game. And we'll see where it takes us after that. But, um, you know, as I said, you have to take these things moment by moment because, as we've all seen in, in the news and that over the last number of days, like anything can change from one day to the other. So um, we'll just enjoy the moment now as much as best we can and, and get ourselves in the best possible shape. There's been a lot of debate in the last couple of weeks about whether or not championships should go ahead. Are you comfortable playing it are you happy to play it personally I feel yeah very comfortable I feel very safe in the environment we have um, as I said there's a lot of ownership on each individual um, player backroom team member everybody involved that we all look after each other and look I suppose look after ourselves 
both inside the camp and away from the camp. Obviously, it's the same everywhere. Very difficult for lads when they go to college or going to work and you have people, frontline workers, you have teachers. It is very difficult, but it's all up to each individual to look after himself away from the group um, and, you know, I suppose, sticking to all the protocols. And uh, please, God, look, it's not going to be straightforward. There's obviously going to be bumps along the way, but um, it's just that we give ourselves the best possible opportunity to, to put ourselves in the best possible shape for each game, you know, and each week. And speaking of the games, they, they will be different this year, won't they? Because it is championship, but it is at a different time of year. And winter hurling is just different to summer hurling. So is that something that you've prepared for? Is that something you've talked about? I mean, is your preparation for this championship and your first championship game this time around against Clare or Limerick, is that different to anything that you've experienced before for a championship game? No, not really. To be honest, um, we're preparing the same as we would for a game that's starting the 4th or 5th of May, like, you know, so... Um, you know, obviously weather conditions are going to be way different, you know, I suppose it's kind of more like National Hurling League weather than, than Championship weather, but we're all well used to playing uh, in the winter, you know, we train, we do have a lot of a pre-season in the winter, we obviously play the first couple of months of the league is in the is in the, the, the winter as well and the, the bad conditions, so um, I think we'll be well used to that, look, they're not going to have the ball flying like you do in June, July and August in Crow Park or Turles instead of the stadium, but um I suppose that might bring something different to the game. It might be more physical, um, you know, be more dogged games. But you know, I said we're just delighted to get the opportunity to play these games. And um, look, it's going to be strange, no supporters as well. And again, I go back to the club. The club games probably gave us that bit of a feeling of what it's going to be like. Um, but at the end of the day, we generate our own atmosphere, and players and and backroom team generate our own atmosphere, and um, we just have to feed off each other. Um, and that's the way it is, really. As a defender, do you expect to have maybe less time in the ball or will there be more of those kind of rook balls because it is winter hurling? How will it change things from your position? Because generally what you do is you win ball and you distribute it well. Does that change from winter to summer or does it, does it, is it different winter to summer? Um, look, I think if we're going to have to try and stay playing as be- best as we can. Um, you have to use what's working for your best and how you train throughout the year. And look, obviously weather conditions, you know, you could have wind and rain one day, you could have the ground could be very soft, you know, you know what you're going to be facing into, you know. So, so exactly um, like a summer championship party, the weather could be terrible. <laughs> yeah. We played, yeah. We, we, we played in, I remember we played in 2016, I think every match was lashing rain. So, yeah. you know, it's just, I think we're just so well used to it now at this stage. And, and as every team can adapt now. And, you know, as I said, we're also used to playing National League games in bad conditions. And as you, as you hit the point there, some of the summer games are obviously in bad conditions too. So, look, I don't think you can change too much. You have, we're still going out to play the way we want to play. And, I presume a lot of teams would be the same. And unlike in football, hurling has a backdoor. How much does that change things or how good or bad do you think that is? What, what are your feelings on that? Yeah, look, I suppose the GA's hands are tied in that they can't go playing. They haven't got the time to play the games that they've had, you know, the championship they've played the last number of years. And look, that's fine. Look, they have to, we, we all did do our best to play off the championship. But um, look, I have no issues with it. It's the championship style we played for their a lot of my career anywhere where you just get one opportunity uh, if you are beaten in your, in your province. So, um, look, it makes it even more exciting in terms of, you know, like the games are more knockout now, really, like that you only get one opportunity after this. And, you know, if you lose a Munster game or if you lose a Leinster game, you could be facing to playing a, you know, who you're going to be playing a very strong team in a qualifier and your, your year could be over in the space of two weeks. So um, it makes that all more, I suppose, there's more on the line every week. And as for the supporters watching on the television, it's going to make it more interesting and exciting. 
And Holly, Tipper going in as champions, but it's a little bit different, I suppose everything is in 2020, to what you've done before going in as champions because there has been such a long gap and the year has been so different to what it normally is. So in some ways, is it kind of like just going in fresh again? Does it feel different going in as champions this time than it did the last couple of times that, that you would have been involved when you went in as champions? What's, what's it like? Is there any difference? Um, it's a bit strange, to be honest with you, because it feels like about two or three years ago when we, when we, when we played the All-Ireland. Um, you know, so um, it's been so long and it feels so long. But um, look, we're just, as I said, we're just mad to get going again. And we didn't know if this was going, if we were going to get the opportunity to, to come back and, and try and win the All-Ireland. So um, it's great that we are getting this opportunity. So um, as I said, you know, I, I can't really, to be honest with you, we haven't really spoken too much about, you know, the coming back trying to defend the title because it's just, it feels like a whole new, a whole new situation we're involved in. So we're just going to take a game by game and see where it brings us. But um, as regards winning back to back and that, we haven't really thought about it like that because we didn't think we'd be even playing a game at all. So um, that even hasn't even crossed our minds, to be honest with you. This is Sportsbeat Extra. Power Guinness Tipperary teammates aren't the only ones in action tomorrow. In the Leinster Senior Football Championship first round, we have uh, two South East teams in action, uh, Wexford and Carlo. I have on the phone with me, uh, Carlo Football Manager Niall Carew. You guys are playing up in O'Connor Park against Offaly. I suppose your first game as manager in the championship. So, so how are you feeling going into it? Yeah, look, I suppose like every other manager, it's a bit surreal that you're on tender hooks with with COVID and things like that. So, um, yeah, look, we're looking forward to things have gone well. Um, I suppose we've only taken the boys over the end of September, so we've only a month with them, you could say. And um, so far, so good. We're still trying out, lads, um, which is dangerous going into a Leinster Championship. But, you know, we're, we're trying to give everyone a go as well. And um, we're hoping to have our best team in, in place then uh, tomorrow. So we'll see how it goes. Um, can I ask you, I suppose, how useful was it that the, the Alliance Football League kind of, you did get two rounds of that before the end of it? Yeah, look, we only had the one game against Sligo um, and then we uh, we were lucky enough, we won that by a couple of points um, and the London game was off because oh, sorry, yeah. of COVID restrictions. Yeah, we had the one game against Sligo and we were happy with that. We actually played really well going forward, but defensively, you know, we had to work on an awful lot of things Um you know, we conceded 2.15, um, I know we scored 2.17, but there was a few things that we needed to work on, and hopefully we've addressed that, and uh, I suppose we, we, we'll know more Sunday now, whether we have or not, you know. Um, I suppose, how much do you know about your opponents uh, tomorrow, Offaly? Um, I suppose, yeah, them, themselves, they, they, they don't have a huge amount, of, they didn't get a huge amount under their belt either, so it is very kind of difficult, isn't it? Normally, you'd normally be able to kind of look back over the league season and have a good idea of where our team are at, but given the fact that we've had so few competitive games since, uh, it must be kind of difficult to know what, what, what way they're going to line out um, tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, look, I, I suppose in fairness to Offaly, of an experienced enough team if, if you go through it like Niall Darby and Owen Rigby in the full back line then you have John Maloney and Owen Carlin their half back line they're very experienced players um, top class players in fairness and then up front um, you know you're Rory McAbee Peter Cunningham Bernard Allen them boys are playing a long time Anton O'Sullivan Keane Farrell has been a big player for them last year it's under 20 campaign um, and this year he's playing well in the league for them so yeah, they're look they're a dangerous opponent, and um, if if we're not, um, I suppose look, if we're not hitting the ground running tomorrow, we'd be in big trouble. So 
Uh, look, they have quality uh, full stop. I think Galway a really good team um, and know what they're about. So, you know, we'd have to have all our ducks in a row ourselves and um, we have to compete. Um, I suppose, Niall, how, how difficult was it? And I don't know if difficult, but like you're obviously you're taking over a new group and you're trying to establish yourself as manager, trying to get your ideas across and you know, we've had COVID and we've had kind of, it's it's kind of been difficult, hasn't it? There's so much time has been taken away that you would normally have with players um, over the course of the season. How, how have you kind of managed to adapt to that and how do you kind of, you know, kind of get your ideas across to the players in a time where you weren't able to train when you, when you were first kind of take, well, not when you first took over, but when we first kind of went into lockdown? Yeah, look, it's, it's been difficult. There's no point saying it hasn't. And that's why likes of Offaly would have a jump on you in terms of, they know what they're about, you know, with their, with their manager to come his third season. So, you know, they know exactly what they're about. Uh, whereas, you know, we're only trying to get our messages across now. And look, I suppose we're lucky enough in terms of, you know, social media, I suppose, WhatsApp and emails and things like that. And Google Drive and that, that you can put things up and um, Zoom meetings and things like that. So that's that's the only way we can get our message across in terms of video work and, um, and then I suppose we were able to train there the last couple of weeks and trying to put things right on the field as well. So, yeah, it has been difficult. Um, you know, we looked at uh, the good 60 players in the last four weeks. So, um, you know, we will be a small bit disjointed. There's no point saying we won't. Um, we won't be perfect on Sunday. Uh, but we're not going to use that as an excuse either. I suppose what, what's what's the ambition so for this season? Like you, you must be saying, I suppose, look, just just get the win on on Sunday. Would that would that make a good season for you? Would you think? Yeah, look, it's about being competitive in every game, and that's what we want as a management team. No matter who we're playing, we want to be competitive. And then you know, if you do most of the things right, then Kev, you have a great chance of winning. So our thing is to make sure that we hang in there for as long as we can in these games and be as competitive as we can. And if we do a lot of things right then you know you won't be too far away from a victory um, Now I suppose this is your third uh, inter-county uh, management position with, with we're obviously doing Waterford uh, footballers and, and then Sligo um, what kind of sets Carlow apart slightly from those from those two counties from those two uh, management positions? Yeah look I suppose um, you know Waterford was, was a great learning curve for me as my first inter-county management gig Um a great response from the players there uh, likewise in Sligo three years there um, you know we got a great run there we were very very competitive in three years I was there and, and um, yeah enjoyed both and, and Carlo is no different um, you just go in and you want to pick players that really want to play for their county and um, you know I feel that's an honour to play for them and um, just keep doing the right things and uh, for them to write their own bit of history and forget about the history that was written before them, you know, just to, to write their own bit. And that's, that's what we're all about. We try and live in the now and um, work on every training session and uh, every game and make sure that you improve in everything you do going forward. Brilliant. And I suppose finally now with, with all this on, on at the moment there's there's so much kind of uncertainty uh, around the place how confident are you that we can kind of get this get this thing done that, that we, we will have a championship and we will see action in Croker come the middle of December Yeah look I, I'm very confident I, I think the country needs it um, I think you know in, in terms of anyone that's into any bit of sport we, you know you can't beat a bit of life sport um, so I think we do need it Um it, it, of course, there's risks and everything. I, there's no doubt, 
but in fairness to the GAA, there's, there's nothing really coming um, from any camp that you could say is, is causing anything in the community, you know, especially the inter-county scene. Uh, inter-county, it's easier to, I suppose, to adhere to all the guidelines, um, you know, because you have people that are working full-time in the area, um, and um, I suppose, look, for us, I think it's needed, and I think for everyone's mental health as well as it's into sport, it's needed as well. So I, I, I'm very confident that the whole thing will will continue, um, and I'm hoping that Carlo can be in it for as long as we can. Tracking sport across the southeast. Next this week, I was in Ferry Carrick Park to see the end of a season that improved quite a bit in the last few days. Wexford FC only found out that their punishment for playing an apparent unregistered player was actually a fault to the FAI, and before that saw Jack Doherty score the winner against his former side in their shock 2-1 defeat at Longford. I got manager Brian O'Sullivan's feelings about the season after the game. Okay, it's probably been a bit of a disappointment that it has, because when you look at us at the start of the year, we got a couple of points and we played the performances where good they were. Even when we came back, we started off well, but then we lost Ola, he was there, we lost Clean Simon, you know, we, we, we lost players, we did, uh, came back, and it was one thing after after another, um, with injuries, like uh, Connor English came back in the first night back, he was out for the season, for the rest of the season, he got a bang up in that loan, it was horrific bang it was, but he's a major loss to us, Connor was, you know, so, but saying that, look, the lads have been great, and look, it's been an improvement from last year, the training sessions have been good, everyone's been there, they show up, they're on time, they work hard, they do, they've been enjoyable, um, Hardy coming in, then, you know, the sessions have been excellent, they have and uh, what a great 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 bunch they are um, they're young lads they are and look we get the core of them back again next year and, and we try to build on it again and just try to keep improving it's, it's tough I suppose that's the thing like because you've beaten Cabin Teeley even though I know the points are whether they're still up in the air or not you should, really should have beaten Bray on the night the last night we were down here you've beaten Longford tonight just goes to show you the, you have the talent it's just a case of kind of putting it together isn't it yeah look we, we need a bit of luck we do in terms of injuries and suspensions uh, like they, they just all came at once they did you know, look, uh, the one we Cabin Teeley 5 1, we did Jack Larkin and Jack Doherty were, were, were up top. Two of them were excellent, they tore Cabin Teeley to part, but then Jack was gone, then Jack Larkin was gone, you know, and then we were back to back to square one. The lads coming in, you know, we're, we're missing that experience of, of Jack. I know he's a young lad himself, but he, he's a pro down the water for the years. Um, but look, look, they've done well, and as I said, look, it's been an improvement on last year, it has. Um, speaking of Jack's, Jack Doherty scoring against, of course, his former club, probably really enjoyed that. Um, I know it was strange with the way their training worked out but how confident are you that you can hold on to him for next season? Well, I'd be pretty confident as soon as I got him a job and he's working for me now uh, so uh, yeah I'd be confident no look look with we, we, we Jack um, look I, I know Jack off the pitch personally I do you know and um, I've spoke to Jack and I, look I think he should be playing a higher level yeah. and I wouldn't begrudge him going on but I'd be confident he'd be coming back if I'm being honest with you um, I suppose what, what are the, it's very strange it's kind of difficult to say now going into 2021 but looking at what you've seen this year and I suppose you you say it's kind of a disappointing season generally for 2021 what are you kind of hoping might change or have you already started to kind of put in those plans I presume over the last couple of weeks you've been kind of looking at the squad and you've been kind of deciding where you might maybe want to add add going into next season Yeah I think it's important to get the, the la- most of the lads back if I'm being honest with you like the, the, the young lads they are but the characters in the dressing room are good lads they are yeah. the young lads has, you know, they need time to develop, they do. You can see out there some passages play are good and then others aren't so good. That's just um, lack of experience it is, you know, so just looking for more of the good stuff, yeah. But no, we, we definitely need to bring in some quality, we do. And uh, yeah, look, we, we, we've been talking to lads and if, 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 we, if we get half of what we're talking to, what's there, we'll, we'll be okay. But in terms of us being okay now, it's, it's still down around the bottom, I'd imagine, you know, like... Uh, 
maybe looking for seven would be, would be a great achievement for us but, but that, that's where we're at but it just goes to show you I mean there are seven teams going for promotion this you know and even the year that Wexford did go up a few years ago kind of came out of the blue a little bit so it did, you know there are opportunities there if you can get a bit of a squad together and guys get a bit of confidence momentum really is kind of everything through this division isn't it yeah it is but even looking at Longford tonight like, I think they're missing about six or seven lads there tonight they were in Helbridge's missing Sam Farden's missing yeah. um, I can't think now I know Aidvin in midfield were missing yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Longford have been a bit like that. They've been caught with injuries. They have like another. If they hadn't got injuries or suspensions at key times, they could have probably won the league. Because you see them tonight, they're excellent. They're an excellent football inside. Absolutely, and they're always up around there. To be fair, they just never kind of made that push. I suppose finally, uh, Brian. I know it's, it might seem like a bit of a strange question, but um, we obviously know one of the teams going down this season uh, from the Premier Division are Cork City. They're, they're obviously a very big team. You know them well. Um, what kind of impact do you think they could have on the First Division? And, and how excited are you, kind of, and the, the players for the you know the, the te- like look turns across one of the biggest grounds in the country, and they're, they're often the best followed supporters. So, how kind of excited are you about having a club like that in the First Division? Look, look it's disappointing to see him coming down because they're a massive club and massive fan base one of the biggest in Ireland so I wouldn't take any enjoyment of um of him coming down like and yeah. I see Colin Healy I know Colin he's gone in there he has like and hopefully he stays on but no, I wouldn't take any enjoyment look no team is too big to come down but unfortunately they've come down but hopefully there's fans allowed into the ground because they bring a, bring a good travelling sport with them they wouldn't even at home you know and, and other clubs can benefit off that then yeah. financial financial side of it no it is, it is disappointing to see Cork down and it wouldn't you, you wouldn't take any satisfaction it would be, look, be a great day out going down to Turner's Cross there's no doubt about that but as I said, look, you wouldn't take any satisfaction, and it's, uh, look, I'd be a little bit sorry. Look, I know I'm a Warford fan, you, 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 I, but as a League of Ireland man, you don't want to see the big clubs coming down like that. And it, it's look, you feel for him. Absolutely, and finally, finally, because you did mention Waterford, and I, just obviously David went back to kind of his old club. Obviously, there seems to be a bit of a, a kind of an ex-Waterford dream team there with Franny and and himself and Frosty there. Um, I suppose uh, now that he's the time that he spent together, are you kind of watching him and uh, his progression? And do you hope that he'll him and Fran will be given the chance to kind of carry on in 2021 and um, I suppose what are your plans now for 2021 yeah, in terms look, of your system manager and how that's working yeah, look, we'll look I'll take it as it comes I will it'd be nice to see the lads given a chance you know um, will they be given a chance? I, I'm not too sure they will. If I'm being honest with you, but I, I think if they like, I think if they finish fourth and get Europe, I mean, they should be given a chance, you know. So hopefully, Franny and, and Brina and Frosty, because I know the lads as well. I know them all I do, and, yeah. and they're a good bunch of lads, and they're all from Waterford. They are, and uh, I think I think Franny's gone in there, and I think he, there's a lot going on in the background from from what I'm led to believe. It's uh, I say it's tougher for for the lad, but hopefully he gets the chance to stay on. Backing sport across the southeast beats club focus. Finally, the spotlight shines on Waterford City RFC for this month's club focus. The club is 127 years old this year, but like any club, is constantly evolving. Development continues on their facility in Kilbarry and coach their under-18 side, Damien Kennedy, says the focus is on the future. Well, currently we're, we're fielding teams from under-18, under-16, under-14, and then what happens then is it goes down to minis. That's from under-12 down, and that's between the ages of 6 and 12. So what we look to do is we look to spread it out year to year so you could say try have under six, under seven or whatever works for, for the amount of numbers we have per team. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're currently feeling we've great numbers under 18. We've, I think, 28 players in the squad. We're getting, we're, we're, the numbers are rising under 16. We're trying to get as much as we can involved there and I think we've relatively very good numbers under 14 as well. And the whole point for us is there's always rugby and there's always a standard to play at when you're playing rugby in Munster. There's... 
basically what would be like a division one, two, three, cup plate bowl kind of standard. So you'll always be put in a standard that suits you. Um and it's like it's 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 a great environment for young fellas to be to be involved in. It's like you know a little bit of travel. I know with COVID and at the moment it's very hard to kind of paint the picture of how how good it can be for young fellas to get on a bus and travel away yeah. to a club they probably never go to. But it's 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 a great uh, it's a great experience for young fellas. I suppose you came down here uh, from from Waterpark originally. So I suppose what is it? That kind of stand makes makes this club kind of stand out in terms of the atmosphere down here. I think it's it's how well you get accepted in here, how well everyone kind of looks out for you. I mean, when I when I came in here, it was it was Jimmy that got me involved um, back when I was under sixteen, and um, just never wanted to leave. You know, uh, it's, it's 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 a home for you. You know what I mean? And uh, I enjoyed me my time here, playing from underage all the way up to senior and, and captaining the club. It was it was a great experience for me, um, and now I want to give back. And, and try push on fellas through to the same kind of experience that I had and, and, and keep the club rising and rising. And you, you've had a lot of young fellas as well that you said yeah, cause there's six or seven monster caps uh, yeah. from, from going all the way up as well. So I think some of the misnomer could be that, oh, you have to get into a school or you have to play with a certain club. But there's opportunities now, as you say, now more than ever because Monster Rugby are, are being much more inclusive in terms of the clubs that they take in for guys getting caps. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we would never have been traditionally a club that would have would have had guys involved in Monster. Um, and now we're looking at a scenario where currently uh, Sean, Sean Walsh was up playing with our seniors. Um, Lewis Byrne and Sean would have both come up through together. Uh, I think two years ago they would have, would have been on you know, two or three years ago with the Munster under 18s. Um, currently, I think there's a, a squad that I have under 18 between them playing under 17 or under 18 for Munster. Um, there's five lads involved. There was six, but one of the guys was let go last. Uh, I think the start of June there, but I mean he had he had a full year's experience there in Munster, and that stood to him. And and that young fella is still playing and loving his rugby, so we're we're seeing the benefit of him being down there and involved in that environment. And um, like the lads, when they, when they when they come in here at minis and then they get involved and they they put their heart into it, there is a reward there. There is a huge reward there, and, and the lads get to travel down to Cork and to Limerick and, and to to get involved with, with a really really good setup, you know, a real professional setup. And it brings them on, and they come back and they train with our lads, and they bring them on. Then, and the environment gets better, and the team gets better. When we first had this team, when they're their first year under 14, they struggled. Do you know what I mean? The whole meshing and, and rugby being such a difficult sport if you're not used to it. Um, and they were coming up from minis, which was a different environment altogether, to a point now where they're at under 18 and they're very competitive and they're up there with some of the better teams in Munster. And that's because of the experience that they've had. Yeah. And it's brought them on. They didn't start off as a very good team, but they've become one now because of it. Minis rugby is basically from the age of 6 to 12. Um, it's, it's obviously not full pitch rugby because of the size of the young fellas and the size of the pitch. It's, it's a much smaller pitch um, that's marked out and it progresses the kids from a very young age where it's it's trying to bring in the emphasis of catch pass you know what I mean the, how useful that is to, to, to kids and then as they gradually get older up to maybe I think seven eight nine they start introducing the tackle introducing the rock but the, 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 the primary emphasis of it when they're you get them when they're young and teach them to use their hands do you know what I mean teach them to look to pass to catch to kick you know all these key fundamentals tackling comes into a block and comes into it but they try to drill the fundamentals in and that's all done in minis rugby and I suppose you know, it's fun as well isn't it like there's much, much more there's no competitive com- competition to it it's exactly much, exactly yeah. the young fella is like what, what the normal setup for say a minis blitz is three clubs and what they'll do is they'll 
two teams will play each other, one will wait, one will jump in, and then the other. And by the, by the time they're done a blitz, they will have played those two games in the one day, and everyone would have gone on the field, everyone would have got a taste for it, everyone would have got their time, and they go home happy. And, and that is how, like, the team I currently have now that I coach, I took over at, say, when they were maybe under 13, under 14, but they were all brought through for six years before that by Brian Garrity, Andy Byrne, Liam Moore and uh, Mark Whitman and only Liam Moore out of them played rugby. Mm. The other three guys were dads who just wanted to help and the work that they did set something up for us where it fed and it, it, it got better and better and they were just really driven men. They, they never played the game themselves and they, they brought the guys on and they taught, they, taught, they were able to teach them through the, the Munster coaching courses, they were able to teach the kids the fundamentals that they needed. So by the time we got them, we had quite quite a lot to work with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't starting from the start for us and creating there. This is Sportsbeat Extra. That's all from this week's Sportsbeat Extra. Remember, you can listen back by going to beat102103.com forward slash podcasts. The very best of luck to all South East sides in their championship action this weekend as we finally get back to some live GA championship action. But up next is Trish with Beat Anthems.